today, we've got an awesome episode lined up with two individuals who are super respected in our industry, and they're going to be talking about the latest with using UGC for Amazon sellers and also having your listings optimized and much, much more. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. What was your gross sales yesterday, last week, last year? More importantly, what are your profits after all your cost of selling on Amazon? Did you pay any storage charges to Amazon? How much did you spend on PPC? Find out these key metrics and more by using the Helium 10 tool, Profits. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash profits. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got a couple people who have helped countless thousands of serious sellers out there over the years. They're no strangers to this podcast. Ian and Anthony, how's it going? Great. Good to see you. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, we're not going to go too much into their backstories because uh, we've kind of been there, done that. So if you guys want to you know, find out about their origin stories, uh, for Ian, make sure to check out episode 69 of the uh, podcast. And for Anthony, uh, one of his latest ones was 292 as well. So I just want to hop right into it. Guys, You know, we're here at the end of December. And, and me personally, I'm just going to be a little bit hypocritical. I hate when people ask me, to do predictions for 2023. To me, that's just so ridiculous. Like, who who are any of us? Like, know what the heck is going to... We, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow on Amazon. You know, they'll go and change inventory restrictions when we thought they had all the inventory space in the world. But right off the bat, just, you know, Ian, let's start with you. If you were to, uh, you know, if I was to put you on the spot, which I am, and say, what would be an Amazon or e-commerce prediction for 2023? What would it be? I think we're going to see more of the same of what we saw this year. I think that things are going to get a little bit easier on the shipping and continue that way. Uh, there is slowdowns. Um, I think we know how to deal with all of this, uh, you know, flu and COVID and all that stuff that's going around and it's not so scary anymore. So a lot of the unknowns are kind of figured out. I think that we're going to a period of time where the consumer is unsure about their future. We think that it's a recession. Are we going to see more of a recession or is, are we already correcting? That's, you know, mm-hmm. to be determined. I, I think that there's more to pain to come, um, specifically in the real estate sector. So that's going to help, you know, that's going to actually steamroll into other things, right? People needing places and money and, and not being sure. So I really think that it's going to be more of the same, but it's going to be tougher in different ways. And it's not going to be about getting product, but it's about being able to get more sales and launching products and, and really having products that, you know, people need versus want. Okay. Anthony, how about you? I think we're just going to see another another year of people really kind of tightening down their business and getting very efficient with how everything is run. Um, really just the people who are going to win in the end, what they're looking at in, in 2023 is like getting back down to the fundamentals, um, you know, increasing the overall profitability of the businesses and then the scale of launches. Right. And everyone's going to be working on the same kind of environment that most likely in the next year, things are going to potentially start to get a little bit bad. And so I think everyone is now uh, kind of looking in advance of that and trying to think of uh, for next year, what can we do to to keep growing the business in a profitable way? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now going back to you, Ian, you know, it, it was a couple of years ago, but, you know, the, the topic uh, of what we talked about, you know, was a lot about, you know, launches and things like that, because, 
you know, you had had a rebate key, so there's not many people in the industry who who might have been maybe involved uh, with as many launches as, as you and your team has. So, you know, we haven't talked since the you know the TOS change, but just in 2022, you know, we, we've had pretty much a year now of, of kind of like what the new normal is. Mm-hmm. The Amazon sellers that you talk to, you know, you yourself, what are you seeing as the consistent best new way? to to launch products and get to page one uh, nowadays? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. It's it's kind of all over the map. I, I said it before and I'll say it now. Like it always needs to be natural. Amazon is always trying to combat every type of tactic by having an algorithm that kind of like legitimizes the process, right? Or do these people want it? Were they in market? Do they have an intent to buy? Were they doing research or did they just buy right away? So again, it goes back to basically having a really organic approach at all this. And, you know, utilizing multiple different traffic sources and conversion tactics um, in order to really create that organic type of buying environment. But we're still seeing launches from my side, uh, not from just rebate key, but like from just in general, like people are still thinking about how to launch because it's so critical to your business it's critical to growth. You can't just keep the same product live and just feel like that's that's it. Right. You have to bring new products to market. And the thing that Amazon makes it so difficult to is telling you like, hey. Get your product out in front of customers and get exposure quickly. So the only way you have is PPC and lower your price until you're losing money. And then you start raising your price and they start knocking you down. So I don't think Amazon gives us really good tools. And so therefore, sellers are looking out for other ways to you know, create rank, create demand and create you know um, virality of their products. Absolutely. Now, we got kind of a unique pair here because both of you guys were involved in businesses that, um, you know, was very well known in the industry and now you're doing, you know, new things that we're just definitely going to talk about. But same thing with you, Anthony, you know, you dealt with more like a split testing and stuff, you know, having worked for a pick in the past where, where you have more experience, uh, you know, than the average person with, with testing creatives and testing ideas and, and, and things like that, you know, um, maybe you're not doing that on your day to day these days, but what about that kind of industry? Like, what do you see as the general, uh, as a general trends, as far as Amazon, Walmart sellers who are like, hey, I don't want to just launch from day one and then just like, let's see what the data shows and then pivot, you know, later. How are you seeing sellers these days, you know, kind of like test creatives and things before they even launch? Yeah, I mean, I think the the big thing that everyone has to keep in mind about how the Amazon algorithm works is it's all just based on performance, right? Like Amazon has all of these people selling very similar products on their platform. And the algorithm from a ranking perspective in a really simple way, it just works that whoever has the best performance is going to be the highest ranked, right? Really simplistic way of looking at it. And so like what I'm trying to do uh, when I'm looking at new launches or, you know, giving advice to people looking at launches is I want to ask myself like, okay, there's already a niche of already these established sellers selling a product. What's the probability that I can come in and out of all of these people have a, a at least the same performance, but ideally a higher performance than all of these people? And so like, I want to try to get a good idea of like, from a conversion standpoint, when I'm looking at a listing, um, what's the overall level of quality of these image galleries of the A plus content of the actual product detail page? And can I come in and actually do a lot better than that? And so I'm going to like, you know, the testing in advance of seeing like, getting a really strong idea of, do you think your creative team can actually execute on that? Uh, And if the answer to that's no, then you probably want to find a smaller niche that's a little less competitive, you know? Yeah, guys out there, you know, I've said it a million times, you know, like I said it four years ago. Hey, if you're not using PicFu, you're, you're doing something wrong. And now PicFu is inside of Helium 10 called Helium 10 Audience. And, and if you're selling private label and you 
launched a product without doing that, you know, I say there's still a chance to go back and do it, guys. This is something that you, it's an amazing, amazing resource. You know, it was one of the most amazing things when I first came to Helium 10. I had never even heard of this kind of thing. And, and I was just like, guys, you know, if you're not using this on your launches, you are leaving money on the table. Now we're going to switch to another topic that um, I think both of you guys might have some insights and especially Ian, because it's kind of like what you do nowadays. But just right off the top, it, you know, we have so many three-letter things in the Amazon world today. Sometimes people get confused. Ian, real, real basic, what does UGC stand for and uh, what does it mean in the Amazon seller uh, context? Yeah, so UGC is user-generated content, and it's basically authentic content created by uh, people who would actually be using your product, right? And it helps marketers connect with their audience and have a higher conversion rate rate and sell better. So when people use UGC in their listings, in their ads, um, and we're talking big brands too, they, they use real life people, you know, the real world and, and road rules. These, these are all uh, shows actually from my time, but like we're the original authentic content, right? Um, and it's yeah. just about like, you know, you can put a supermodel up there or a stock image, but people see past that and they really want to see what they would look like, how they would feel when they use your, your products. And so UGC has become really important in the Amazon space. And that's why you know, I created joint brands and kind of got away from, you know, helping just Amazon sellers. We, we really focus on content for Facebook ads, uh, marketers, agencies, and, and of course, e-commerce brands as well. Now, now, Anthony, you've, you know, I've seen you speak at Billion Dollar Seller Summit and other places, and you're really big on, on like image optimization and, and, you know, listing optimization and things like that. What, what is your opinion on, on UGC and, and how, you know, I, I think a lot of people understand that, Hey, if, if stuff is on TikTok and influencers are talking about my product, of course, that that's great or on my website, but then sometimes, you know, Amazon sellers might not think of utilizing UGC actually as part of their listing. Is that something that you would suggest? And if so, how? Yeah, when it comes to creative optimization, I always try to tell people I have no idea what's ever going to work. I just like to test a bunch of things and, and see what the numbers actually show. And so what's really appealing about UGC is that's probably the lowest cost way to actually get creative assets. And like Ann was saying, a lot of people are actually going to relate to it much more than if you're doing a professional shoot or using stock photography. And so I know a handful of sellers that they have whole communities of people that are just sending to a Google Drive tons and tons of UGC that they can go and spin up into infographics, trying their A-plus content. So if you can get real-life shots of people using the product in real life um, and you can match that to, okay, someone's coming to your listing, they have a checklist of things in their head that they need to have checked off before they're going to convert, before they're going to add to the cart. Now, if you have UGC, you have this whole pipeline of different positions, different angles, different contexts of people using the product. That's just a win for testing for me. Okay. Now, Ian, for me, you know, I'm a rookie at this. I have not, uh, I've, done, I've dabbled a little bit in UGC, you know, but I would just off the top of my head, I didn't think about this beforehand, but if, if I'm just thinking about it right now, I think the most no brainer things, like if I were to actually, you know, get serious and get started in this would be utilizing UGC for Amazon post. Uh, perhaps for the video, you know, uh, perhaps for the related videos uh, on the bottom of an Amazon listing. Yeah, so so I feel like there's a, a no-brainer thing that I'm that I'm um, missing here. Oh, um, sponsored video potentially sponsored video ads, like at least part of it. Yeah. Would would what I just mentioned be the top use cases for Amazon sellers, or did I miss anything? And then maybe you oh, can yeah. tell me there's, which there's one like, of those are, is the best. Yeah, we've identified nine places where you can use UGC. Oh wow. And uh, we have a blog post about it, basically giving out the SOP on where to put them. But, you know, it's it's question and answers. It's 
It's in your, um, you can upload videos. It's Amazon Post for sure. If you're not doing that, that's free traffic for you. Um, and then in your in your listing stack, right, your top list images, uh, you want to use UGC in representing how customers use the product, not a stock photography. It, it looks way better. And you can use variations of it too um, for all skin types or for what, you know, however, you know, works for babies of all sizes. Like these are things that you can do with UGC that you can't do like organically. Um also the ads, the brand story, the EBC. I mean, it's it's unlimited. Then on your website, your Facebook ads, your TikTok ads, all of that stuff is incorporating UGC in a holistic way. Okay, now you know, stick, sticking with you for a, a minute here. Um, you know, all of these, I think, you know, in a perfect world, if we could do all of them, we would. And, and there are some sellers we we should be, you know, at a certain level, be doing it. But like, uh, you know, for for newer sellers or or maybe people in the you know middle ground, you know, like you got to prioritize. Like you can't just you know spend you know a whole bunch of, you know, your entire budget and now you have no money for PPC. So like if you were to rank like the top three where it's like, Hey, regardless of what level you are, start with this. If you can afford yeah. it, do this and do this, like maybe top three or four that they should focus on from what you just mentioned. Yeah. Well, I'll start with kind of what me and Anthony both know about, which is my good friend, uh, Brian Kelsey always says, win the, win the image. Right. So that is the most important part, right? If, when somebody searches for a keyword and then they are scrolling down Amazon, what is the image that's going to get them to click? And I think PicFu and there's some other ones out there that are really good for winning the image. Which is the customer going to choose to click through to? The next step is what happens after that? They're going to scroll through those images. So that's going to be even more important, right? Uh, having a video that describes how the product works, how it feels, how it's going to impact your life. That is the, you know, the, the, probably the next best place where I get a couple of videos that you can mash together into like a product demo video. Um, and then lastly, I think EBC is important still. Um, is a good place to put UGC to show how many thousands of happy customers you might have and use UGC to represent that, that number. Cause the but number by itself doesn't really connect. If you show, if you say a million happy customers and you have a hundred images of different people holding your product up, that's going to be, you know, really impactful and connect and go, Oh wow, this is legit like actual customers. And that's what joint brands helps you do and scale like really fast and easy is to get that content created uh, in a systematic and programmatic way. So, so, so for some of those things, just to have a ballpark, like even me, myself, I have no idea how much those kind of things would, 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 would cost. So right. what is the cost of getting some, you know, um, you know, like I know it's different. Like if, if, if I'm trying to get like a UGC from somebody with 3 million followers, okay. That's a different story, yeah. but just rule of thumb, uh, starting out, like how much do some of those things cost? Yeah. When we started the platform, we didn't want to go into the, the influencer space right away because they, those people like want to charge a lot of money. So we really have a yeah. lot of people of all different sizes. And so actually we set the prices on joint brands. So it's $15 baseline for an image job. And that's basically sending somebody a product and they're going to take a photo of it and then upload it to our site and you get to take it and use it however you want and get the image rights. Uh, videos start at $60. So really reasonable prices and you can order 10 images for 150 bucks or 10 videos for 600 bucks and get a lot of variations from different people. And that's really okay. how, you know, joint brands works, right? It's very systemized. Okay. And then uh, one last question before we, Anthony falls asleep over there is just like, can you just give me, you know, you don't have to say the exact product or something, but to, to kind of illustrate the impact that this can have. Can, can you talk about, you know, a customer's case where, hey, this person didn't have this and they spent hundred bucks on this and their impressions went from here or something like that. Can you give a, an actual anecdote here so that people can understand the Yeah, potential? I mean, it, you know, it's, it comes down to testing, right? It's not going to always be holding true, but, you know, when you look up sure. stats on UGC, it's proven to convert four times higher, like for advertising, mm -hmm. right? Um, you can't use UGC for your main image, so that's hard to like say but like yeah. 
when you're changing stuff on your listing, you know if you add a couple of extra images. If you if you go from a 15% conversion rate to um, let's say uh, 18% conversion rate, you you gone up three percent, right? But that's yeah. actually a 20% lift in increase in conversion. So out of 10 people, you just converted two extra people, right? Like it's it's a lot of conversion that actually impacts your sales and that actually helps you really, sorry, it doesn't add two people, but it's a huge increase in conversion, right? So it's important to do that because in order to rank on Amazon, in order to stay at the top, you have to convert better than the person below you. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now switching back to, to Anthony now, you know, you're the, the things that I, I think that wins you prizes, you know, here and there when you go speaking and, and you get like top two or, or best in show, not best in show, isn't that a dog show? <laughs> but uh, you, you get the favorite speaker is what you get sometimes. And it's like when you've, yeah, <laughs> it's when you've talked about like, uh, you know, Im- images and, and, and split testing and optimization. So just in general, what, um, what, should sellers focus on in 2023 because you do so much testing and you've seen so many things and that's why you can speak from a place of authority but but how can people really make sure that they've got the listing that is going to get them the best uh conversions yeah for sure i what i can say is like um well and first off the only reason i i I win any awards on this is because very few people talk about images and the only reason i say that is because like i'm not a creative person i've only learned this and figured out what works here through pattern recognition and so basically what i can tell the name of the game in terms of conversion optimization is you have to understand that when people go in they have they have the intent to buy the product 74 percent of the time on average they will buy a product it's a question of if they buy yours or they buy something very similar and so basically you have like this checklist of the what the customer needs to know before they click add to cart, right? And then you have like everything on your product detail page. And the more efficient you are at giving them everything on that checkbox, the higher the probability is that they're going to convert. And so what I've really been spending a lot of time on and trying to come up with objective ways to test an image gallery is just the speed of comprehension. How quickly does someone go through the product detail page? and their brain absorb the information there. And does that information that their brain is, has absorbed, does it match the checkbox that on average people have? And so where people really go wrong on images, they try to get really fancy. And this is why there's a lot of agencies that'll do beautiful work, but it's not about what looks good. It's about flow of information first, speed of comprehension. That's the number one thing. Aesthetics is only beyond that. And so um, what I've been really pushing people to do is like to look at every image in the gallery, everything that you have, whether it's an image or A+, that should have a specific purpose. And um, basically, as you try to test what is absorbed in the brain from this image versus what does the customer actually get in the end, does that line up is going to impact your conversion rate, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, you, you've you talked about this when kind of it was is coming on strong, but you know, for the last year, it seems like technology as far as kind of like AI uh, creation, like Dolly software and stuff like that has just like, I'm like, we are totally headed for Skynet or the Terminator world or something. It's like, it's like insane what is possible. I remember when it was just coming out, when it was like still in beta, you were one of the first people to start talking about it. But now that, you know, it's been a, you know, maybe half a year or something since it's been out there. Have you actually started seeing Amazon sellers utilizing, you know, any of these tools to actually pop to actually make some like lifestyle images for their their products? Or is it still too new of a technology to really understand how it's going to work for Amazon sellers? Uh, I have I've used it. I know agencies that are using it. I know people that have actually put Dolly photos onto their listing. The problem is that like Dolly is really made for art. 
But I think one day someone's going to make a, 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 a similar AI program, but for Amazon. The really cool thing about Amazon is if you break down images, um, everyone does the same thing. Like it's the same exact format and template over and over of what works. And I think that's where the real potential is, is if you train a program on what specific, do you train it on Amazon image data, you're going to get a much different uh, result than if you had an AI that was trained on art. So yeah, I think there's a lot of potential, but generally if you try to use Dolly to create images, you're going to get real frustrated because it, it's not that simple. It's not that good yet. Especially when it, it, it comes with face or when you try and get the face in there, there's some pretty scary stuff that comes out when you try and get exactly. people's faces and the, the way I've figured out how to fix that is you just change all the prompts to be a photo from behind so that you don't get any faces. Mm. And it makes usable lifestyle. It's like better than what yeah. my agency would do for the price, which is basically free, you know. Nice, nice. <laughs> all right, back to back to Ian now. Um, you know, we, we talked a little about about how you can use UGC actually on Amazon listings. But then, you know, what about off Amazon? You know, now... Uh, I think, you know, the, the word of the year, at least, you know, one of the words of the year in the Amazon space is Amazon attribution. You know, it's been around forever, but now with that brand referral bonus, now all of a sudden people are like kind of like, or sellers are like incentivized almost to start using Amazon attribution by sending traffic from from off Amazon. So what are some ways that uh, Amazon sellers should be using UGC off of Amazon? Like what platforms and what's the benefit? Yeah, I mean, we all know like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram are still really important, uh, like drivers of traffic. So uh, within Join Brands, we just added our TikTok integration where basically you can pay people to create the content and post it to their own social media pages. And so those people can actually be organically driving traffic. So imagine having 20 or 30 people that you just paid, you know, uh, to, to basically promote your product, you know, go into the school, college campus and hand out samples like that's kind of what it is. And and um, that's a good way to get out organically. And then you can boost those posts through things called Spark Ads and actually like, boost that creator's post on their own page. So you're not even doing it from your own brand account is one way to get really cheap clicks. I'm seeing clicks in the 10 to 20 cent click range. You know, wow. people who have actually watched your product video and how to use it. So it's, I think it's hugely impactful. And then that brand referral bonus is huge, right? It gives you 10% back on those sales. Plus you're able to track the attribution. Unfortunately, they don't give us any conversion data, so we can't like say, okay, once you have 100 conversion, you can like dial up the ad spend and it'll just find converters. But right now, um, at least they're giving us some data which they never did before from outside traffic. Now, um, so something you mentioned earlier, and it just totally went over my head, but now I, I, all of a sudden I'm thinking about it. That's, that's how my brain works. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a slow in some regards. But uh, you mentioned using, I think, video or something in the Q and A section of. Of Amazon, that's something I'm not really familiar with, or I haven't heard somebody else talk about. Can, can you um, can you dive a little bit more into yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's more on the UGC side. One of our nine hacks that we or tips that we share, you know, uh, where to use UGC. But basically, you can answer questions on the on the uh, Amazon listing page with UGC or a video. So it, it could be either you recording that video, or you can go to Join Brands. You know, um, give them the answer to the question, have them record a video of, of like, hey, this is how you use our you know, garlic press, you know, this is for best practices. And you can answer those questions with these videos. And what's cool about that is the videos take up a lot of space on the listing page. So yeah. when you put an answer to a Q&A question, it's actually going to take up way more space than a normal just re reply would, which pushes everything else down and gives you more real estate and people love watching videos. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Now, uh, back to Anthony, you know, you're, you're working at, at data dive now. One of the things I've seen, uh, you announce uh, somewhere, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. Now you're integrating like even kind of like uh, like Monday 
like like task oriented software in data dive did i am i getting that confused or, or did you guys do that yeah the the kind of the overall thought is like the way that we we look at at selling on amazon is that Amazon is just a really big math equation. And if you try to look at any individual part, it seems like it's really complex. But like if you take a step back out, you realize there's just like all of these levers, right? And for every business, not every business can pull all the levers. Not every business can pull their lever down as far as everyone else. But there's a relative lever to like pulling each of a relative lever of pulling these each of these levers out by. And in order to have a really well-run business, you're going to have to like Basically, our, our hypothesis is that like for if you want to dominate a niche, all your levers have to be pulled to the exact correct amount at the right time. Nothing is not utilized. And so the thing we were running into a lot of the time is that for organizations, it was really difficult to manage a lot of products at once and to make sure that everything, all of these individual products had their levers pulled perfectly. And so the thought is, is bringing it, integrating into like more um you know, project management softwares that people are going to be able to kind of manage an entire product's lifecycle all in one spot. That's the plan. Okay. Interesting. Now about the bread and butter, you know, of what you guys do is, it's kind of like, you know, what I've been talking about for years, you know, sometimes people, people say, oh my goodness, you know, now Helium 10, you know, almost a million Chrome extension users and who knows how many, you know, people using Cerebro and stuff like that. Like, now every Amazon seller is doing this, but what people don't realize is that yes, regardless of how many you know users of, of Helium 10 and other similar tools there are out there, people are not even taking advantage of all the tools. Like I was just you know doing a workshop on like keyword research and to some some top level sellers, and they all had Helium 10, just like most top level sellers do. But like the number of top level sellers, and these guys know their stuff, you know seven eight figure sellers who are not even doing like some basic things in Cerebro kind of like boggled my mind. And, and, you know, you guys at data dive, you know, see this too, when you, when you first onboard somebody, you know, who hasn't really been using helium 10 or hasn't used data dive before, um, you guys can see like huge gaps that, that brings instant almost impact because they weren't doing something and it's an easy win, like whether it's tweaking a title or whatever. But my, my question to you is, you know, now that you've been doing this for a few months, what are some of the most common things that you're seeing where you're like, you cannot believe that they were not doing this. And, and as soon as they implemented it, they were able to start seeing an impact. I think the biggest thing is if you have an antiquated listing, uh, basically not filling gaps in relevancy for the Amazon algorithm. So there's just like keywords that Amazon thinks that you're relevant for, but you haven't, you haven't established that relevancy with Amazon. And so if you've got a product that's been selling for a few years, there most likely are keywords that you just need to put into your title for as you know a few days and then that keyword rank is going to go up so that's just like low-hanging fruit um you know title optimization stuff is the quickest highest roi stuff you're going to see and then what is it about you know before they make the change what is it that was basically not optimized you know like yeah you, you said that they're not optimized for the amazon algorithm but in specifically what like like having main keywords and phrase form or having roots you know in multiple places like well what what's the common things that you're seeing I think a really good example we saw was uh, an example around a card shuffler and it was like a six deck card shuffler. But if you think about a card shuffler, it could also shuffle four decks. It could shuffle two decks. And so this seller, it was an old listing. They had it in as a six deck card shuffler, but Amazon thought that they were selling because they had made a lot of sales for a four deck card shuffler. Amazon thought it was a four deck card shuffler, but it didn't establish that relevancy. So when they added in that four keyword into the title, now it unlocked not just that keyword, but all of these other keywords. Right. And so like Amazon's algorithm is always trying to establish and determine like, okay, 
what are the keywords that are actually relevant to this product? Like, what is this thing? Because they don't have a human go through and categorize what everything is. It's just based on performance and based on sales. And so if you can identify those things, I mean, it's just like instant extra cash, extra sales into the business. Uh, if you can lift that, establish that relevancy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I always teach people, it's like, hey, you, you have to make two people happy on Amazon. One is your customer. The other is the Amazon algorithm. Uh, if you consider them a person, you know, like, and the danger is going all in on one or the other. You know, I, I could make the prettiest listing in the world with all the best UGC that I've spent a lot of money on and, and just amazing, amazing, you know, looking listing that speaks to the customer's emotions and, and is optimized for conversion and this and that, but it's meaningless if I don't have the right keywords in my listing and I'm not even indexed for the right keywords and I'm not optimized and I'm not, I can't get PPC impressions. On the other hand, a person can just focus so much on the Amazon algorithm. Like, okay, I have to have my title, this many characters and this root word 17 times, you know, in order to be relevant and this and that. And then they have a completely ugly keyword stuffed, you know, listing that a, a, a human being will like never buy. And so it's like, it's always like a game of like, Hey, you've got to find the right uh, balance there. Now, going back to Ian, speaking about this, you know, more is, is there anything more that I haven't asked about that you can talk about, you know, the use of, of, of UGC to, to like really motivate people out there to let them know that, Hey, this is something they should, uh, they should really start doing or, or maybe, you know, some tips on how they can. Yeah. Start. I think, well, I mean, just to tie things together, like it really kind of goes back to the optimization thing is like, you know, there's all these levers that you can pull as a seller, Right. And, you know, whether it's UGC or a title optimization or bullet point optimization, like Data Dive does a great job of like summarizing Helium 10 data, right? And in a way that's digestible, where it was so complicated before. And, and only people that could figure out how to put three different reports together and analyze the data could do it. And so, you know, in Million Dollar Sellers Group, MBS, we would do this a lot. And then I think in Brandon's group, then everybody, would, you know, we're trying to figure out how to, how to take all the tools out there on the market, you know, Helium 10 included, and utilize that to a level that other people aren't so that you get an edge, right? A lever to pull that nobody else has. And so, you know, for me, I'm always looking at pain points that people have. And that's why I've created all the tools is to solve a, a problem. And this problem was just basically like, I had to hire a, um, a VA, spend all day inter, you know, reaching out to people on Instagram and TikTok and whatnot. And every seller in MDS was doing the same exact thing. So why are we not you know, joining efforts and doing it together and build a platform? And so that's why we built like joint brands, kind of the upwork of content creators, right? You post a job and creators apply within minutes. It's like the easiest thing ever. But to do this on your own was so complicated and took a lot of time and you'd send product to people and they disappear with it. And they say they have good followings, but they have low engagement. And so all these things together was like, wow, this is an opportunity. And to me, I was looking for product uh, opportunities outside of just Amazon sellers, right? I want to focus on a market that's even bigger than that, which is basically e-commerce and even restaurants, hotels, could even utilize our product to get UGC. Even Airbnbs and software providers are using us. So it's a really cool thing that we built. And I think it just goes down to like, we're going to continue to optimize our product to like serve the customer. And I think Helium 10 is doing the same and same with Data Dive. And it, the same thing that sellers have to do is you have to constantly improve and it's always evolving. I wish Amazon didn't make it so hard. Like you said, to, you change one word in your title and all of a sudden you're now you're relevant. Like they have the data, they know what converts. <laughs> yeah. They should have the AI. I mean, I don't know, understand why it's, it's so challenging and they can't sort out people who are real buyers versus like fake buyers or people in market, not in market. How many times they spend looking for this? How many times they come back to look at an automotive tool or what have you? So for me, I think there's just, it's just constant optimization, changing. Nothing is constant and we just need to keep changing. 
All right, now Anthony, you remember um, I used to do this thing, uh, the the TST thirty second tip, and that was based on my Filipino heritage. You've lived in the Philippines, you know how people call each other. But now I was thinking about it. You know, sometimes or very few people who I have been doing that after four hundred and two episodes now actually stick to the thirty second. So I'm actually changing it to the. SST, 60-second tip now. This is the very first episode after 402 episodes. I've changed it from TST to SST. I want you guys to give uh, maybe two each. Maybe we'll go, we'll, we'll go back and forth here. But, um, but Anthony, let's start with you. It, it, you know, this could be about you know, keyword research. It could be about 3D imaging. It could be about split testing. Whatever you want. What is your first of the day? I'd say that 2023 is all going to be about operations and it's going to, the, the you know, we had all of this uh, aggregator money come in for a few years. We got to see what running businesses with huge budgets look like. And then we also saw bootstrap people still doing it the same way. And we're somewhere in the middle for this. But the people who are going to win in the end are going to be heavily metrics focused, trying little thing. And they're, and they're not looking for 20% increases in anything. They're looking for little half a percent, 1% gain month after month, but in 10 different categories. And they're going to have a team that's like focused on just improving one metric. And they're going to see that go up and see cumulative effects, like really small details, but widespread across a lot of brands. Like that's what's going to win. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, your uh, first one of the day, Ian. All right. I'm going to give two tips, I think, that relate to me mostly. But one is for joint brands. Um, and that would be basically, I think there, I think we have something new that's game changer, which is basically being able to work with a ton of TikTokers, having them post about your products for a very low cost, really simply, you don't need a VA or you don't have to do any outreach utilizing joint brands. You can activate, uh, TikTokers to post about your product and boost those posts organically and drive tons of traffic for cheap clicks. I think that's completely underutilized. I think it's the holy grail of TikTok marketing. We're going to keep expanding that. And second, uh, is, you know, you are who you hang out with and what you associate with and, and what you learn from. And mm. so, you know, your inner circle, Bradley probably knows a lot more than the people uh, outside of that. And so, you know, you need to hang out with and chat with people who are like-minded, who are just like you, who are thinking about this day in, day out. They want to improve their, pro um, their business. They want to improve their profit margins. They want to find the new uh, levers to pull. And so joining a group like million dollar sellers, which you have to do a million dollars in revenue or more to get in our group, but joining a group like us, you're going to be around those people that are helping to level each other up and get, 10x you know results by helping each other and, and it's not run by any one person it's just about your network and build out your network you will succeed and uh, hang out with the right people i love it i love it uh back to you anthony for your second one okay other 30 second tip is something i've been practicing with uh image optimization of trying to actually get a score for speed of comprehension and so you can use a split testing tool something like pick audiences is it would be fantastic is uh you upload an infographic something in your image gallery a secondary image and you ask what is the purpose of this image and then you know what you think the purpose is but then you're just trying to gauge if you're getting 50 responses if 40 out of 50 people put in the response that you think is close to that then you're good you're like 80 percent but if 10 people out of 50 are saying that they you know you're getting the same response then most likely people in a distracted shopping environment, it's not going to click. That speed of comprehension is not there. And uh, it kind of blows my mind doing this with other sellers, how often you'll put in like what is in posi image position two or three, like really important images that the vast majority of people totally think the purpose of that image is different than what you think. Cool, cool. Another thing, you guys are like, this is a really special episode. I'm doing brand new stuff I've never done before. Like like now making it SSTs, but I forgot uh, about one other thing um, that I'm starting. And and that's at the beginning of this. Those watching this on YouTube, you've probably seen the last two episodes actually where now I, I dub over my intro and actually it's it's me doing the intro like somewhere where I've been traveling. And 
and I, I'm trying to talk you know more about like, hey, entrepreneurs, we need to make sure we have hobbies, things that make us happy, and, and things that you know allow us to kind of reset our brain. Uh, mental health, physical health, very important. So for me, my thing is like traveling, and so that's why I kind of put that now in the in the podcast where it shows me in a different country at the en- intro. But I want to ask each of you, number one, uh, like what's your you know travel or what's your like hobby that that you do to escape from like you know the desk, and then number two, like do you have like a a, a mental health or physical health habit? You know, maybe it's a certain way you eat or a certain exercise. Let's start with uh, Ian. All right. Uh, for me, well, I, you know, I've got young kids, so my hobbies have been basically their hobbies. <laughs> uh, but I, I do try to, uh, last year I went and river rafted through the Grand Canyon for seven days, got off grid. Uh, nice. And I'm going to try and keep that going every year and do some sort of like, you know, bucket list type of trip with friends, whoever wants to do it, you know, if it's just me, if it's 10 people or me and my wife, what have you. So that's, that's one thing um, that I'm trying to do, you know, to, to change the game. And then also, uh, you know, at my age, I'm 40 now about to turn 41, you know, it's like, uh, stretching is like better than meditation, better than chiropractic, better than, uh, you know, massages. Even I, I started, it sounds silly, but it's, it's amazing what you can, you know, how you feel if you actually are stretching. Cause we sit and spend so much time sitting in our chairs, even I right, have a right. rising desk. So for me, I would say that's, a, that's a new one. I think it's pretty cool. I'm going to do some ice baths and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, for the most part, like stretching really has impacted my life recently. Awesome. Uh, Anthony, what about you? Heck yeah. Totally, totally agree on the stretching thing. Didn't realize how much of a difference it made until you have like tension build up, like blows my mind. Um, but I guess big, big hobby for me is I love flying drones. I've been flying for five years. I've gone through like almost 10 of them, lots of crashes, but lots of really cool, good shots. I really love flying drones because other people see it and then they're like, they go get drones and I just think it's the coolest thing. So I would encourage everyone to get a drone and don't be afraid about crashing. You know, I just do really risky stuff. Um, and then on the, I guess like things. First, first for, of all, let me just yeah. say that the reason why I, one of the reasons why I bought my drone was because I kept having too much FOMO from seeing Anthony's Instagram. And so the, the, what he said was a hundred percent correct. And now I have a drone. Thanks to Anthony. But go ahead and see you. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're amazing machines and it'll blow anyone's mind when you actually start using it, like how amazing they are. So I can't encourage it enough. Uh, I guess the healthy thing for, you know, mental health to kind of de-stress, I'm, I'm really looking forward to ski season. I grew up skiing. I grew up in the East Coast and I haven't lived in the U.S. for a long time, but I got myself a icon pass for this year. So you can basically ski unlimited. And so I'm going to hopefully try to, to get around. And we've got a lot of friends in the e-com space that live near ski resorts. So I'm trying to hit them all up. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Now, guys, uh, if you want to get more information on joint brands, go to hub.helium10.com. Just uh, type in join brands, uh, but but if Ian they want to reach out to you maybe directly, are you down to give out your you know any kind of contact info or an email address or something? Yeah, uh, you can reach out to me at ian at joinbrands.com or LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. Uh, you know, just keeping that business uh, professional stuff there. Milliondollarsellers.com, you can search that um, and that you can find out how to apply for the, our membership and uh, join a network of over seven billion dollars of annual revenue. All right. And Anthony, how can they find you guys on, on the interweb out there? Uh, they can look us up. Uh, Seller Systems is the coaching program or Data Dive. Um, and just my email is anthony.cofrancesco at datadive.tools. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Ian and Anthony, thank you so much for coming on last second. I know this is kind of a scramble to put this together, but I knew you guys would be a, a, a better than Batman and Robin as a dynamic duo on on here. So we really love this episode and I'm sure our listeners will as well. We'll be seeing you hopefully at the the next uh, meetup or conference. Yeah. See everyone.